Good morning. I'm Pastor Sherrod, and I have a heart. And this is my friend Elizabeth, and she has a story to tell us. Elizabeth, I understand that you have been taking some classes for about two years, or a little around that time, at Lake Michigan College. And another thing that has happened during that time is that you become a member of a Bible study group. Can you tell us how that began? Yes. Um, happy Sabbath. It actually began a year ago when I began to pray and thought about evangelizing my community and that's LMC where I go to school. And I began by sharing grow tracts with my colleagues in class. And I just needed, I needed, I, I thought I needed to do more. So I started praying to God to lead me on what to do next. So not long, a colleague of mine just called me and asked me if I would be interested in starting a Bible study with him. And I said, yes, yes, yes. That's what I've been praying for. And so that was how we started the Bible study. And uh, we met on Tuesdays and Saturday afternoons. And so I understand now that that Bible study is happening on Mondays. And uh, it's a little bit different this year. Why don't you tell us what, what's happening now? Yes. Um, when we started the Bible study, the devil tried so hard to, like, hurt the program and put a stop to it. But as God will have it, it did not succeed. And what he did was try to occupy uh, participants, give them other schedules that fall the same time. So either they go to work or they have extra lectures. So this semester we thought about organizing the program around our schedule. And so we think about uh, holding the meetings on Mondays, which is convenient for everybody. Uh, we meet on Mondays and uh, the na- our name is Soldiers of God. And we meet in room C104 at LMC. And we made posters for people to get um, for, to increase awareness for the meetings. When we meet, we share our testimonies, as we have done in the past. We pray on our prayer requests, and we share the word of God together. We study the word of God together. And in that group, I noticed that we have young minds who are receptive to the word of God. And uh, during one of our meetings, I, we, my colleagues came and... Uh, one of them, after the Bible study that day, confessed that the Holy Spirit touched him because he had actually uh, fought depression for a long time and had several suicidal attempts. But after the Bible study, he stood up and said the Holy Spirit ministered to him to stop that. And we prayed together, and I asked him if I could share his prayer request with my friends in the church, and he said yes. Right. Well, I, I understand that you said the devil was trying to mess you up. Yes. And uh, by all kinds of things, but having extra classes that you had to go to meetings instead of being uh, there at the regular time. And then also some of you had to go to work. So he, he lost, didn't he? Indeed. The devil didn't win. <laughs> and we're so happy that you've been able to continue that study and be a blessing and uh, sharing what God has given you. It's an encouragement to us to hear these kinds of testimonies. Uh, it helps us want to be more proactive in sharing wherever we are, whether we're in school, 
uh, just sharing in our neighborhood, where we work, all of those places. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And I know that Elizabeth has many more stories, so if you get a chance, talk with her about them. Thank you. And there's something powerful about praying for each other by name. Um, you know, I was part of an evangelistic meeting years ago, and my partner and I prayed for this uh, woman who, had, um, who was a visitor to this meeting, and um, she began to cry. And before we could even suspect that it was because of our great prayer, it was actually because we had um, called her by name. We had prayed for her by name, and she had never heard that before. So there's something powerful about praying for each other by name. And, um, and it's very difficult to look at someone the same or feel the same way about them when you've prayed with them, when you've journeyed with them. And we ought to pray for one another more. And this next heart story is, uh, is about that. And um, Dr. Dwayne Kovrig knows about praying for a friend. And he's not coming on his behalf. He's coming on behalf of um, Rick Ledesma and his family who are watching online. He's not able to be here. And uh, Dwayne is going to tell us why and how. So, um, so Dwayne, just share our, your heart story. Uh, I've heard uh, uh, quite a few questions for the last three years. Questions like, hey, do you know there's an R in your head? Or hey, what's the R for? Or, hey, is that a tattoo? And I've heard it all over the world. Um, I still remember uh, a baggage handler in his 40s grabbing my bag at an airport and said, hey, what's the R for? And another lady, a waitress one time in Grand Rapids, what's the story behind the R? And I have to tell him, it's not my story. Uh, it's a story of a friend of mine, and his name is Rick. And Rick uh, fell down one day and was rushed uh, over to uh, take some MRIs, and they found something in the right side of his brain. And when he was going in for surgery, other people shaved their heads, and I didn't need to. Uh, Jose and I know about that. And so I just put an R on there for, for him that day. And I thought it would just be, uh, you know, they'd get the cancer out and... That would be it, and the R story is over. Rick is back, and uh, they found bad news, and that bad news was he had an aggressive cancer, and I've told this story many times, but it's actually not a story about me, and it's not even a story only about Rick, because in the years since that diagnosis, he had been diagnosed, for those who are in the medical field, with glioblastoma multiforme which is an extremely aggressive cancer that usually uh, kills people within 6 to 12 months. Uh, and so we have seen how God has, through physicians, through prayer, and other resources, kept Rick alive to keep alive the testimony that Rick has about another story. And that story is God's amazing love in Rick's life. If you've been around Rick like I have... It's amazing how much peace he has in this storm and how God has carried both him and his family through this journey and been a testimony. Even on the, the news in, in Chicago, he's been on the news. He's been in articles with Lakeland Healthcare. And so we know God is using his story. But what is amazing, I remember this handler in an airport grabbing my suitcase and looking back at me and he says, 
I'm going to pray for Rick. And I don't doubt. I could tell in his eyes he was a solid, faithful man. And I'm, I'm, I, w- I wouldn't doubt if he's still praying. And I think this is the power of prayer everywhere in the world. This is a constant reminder that God hears his children and he has a story to tell through them. Amen. Oftentimes, we feel that we have to um, have our story all figured out and be whole and put together before our story is worthwhile and worth telling. And I think that's what we learned from Rick's uh, testimony. And that's what we're about to, to learn from Claudia's story, heart story, that, um, that God can use us no matter who we are. And sometimes the light shines brightest in brokenness. And uh, so I'm really grateful for Claudia being here and for saying yes when your pastor, uh, Ben, asked you to come and share your story. And uh, so we appreciate it. So um, let's just get started. Um, So your name is Claudia, and you're an academy student. And I I guess I better give you the microphone. (laughs) And um, so Claudia, I know that something significant happened, uh, I think, in 2015, right? If you could kind of share that with us. Yes. Um, In the month of January of 2015, it was my freshman year of high school, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. We thought it was juvenile at first, but it turns out that it was in the advanced stage that people usually get when they hit their 60s. So how old are you? You're you're high school age. Yes, I'm currently a senior. You're a senior. All right. And so you were hit with this diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis at a really young age. Yes. All right. So this is a situation where you need the Lord for sure, right? So kind of, kind of share with us kind of what that journey is like, um, what, what it's like for you, for those who don't understand. Well, for those who don't know, the chance for this happening inside adolescence is a 1 in 10,000 chance. So it's not very common, and so it's really hard because not that many people around you can understand and relate to you. Um, And most people end up saying, oh, we want to help you. We want to be around you. Don't hide your pain. But pain is an interesting thing because not only does it affect you, but it affects those around you. Mm -hmm. To others, it can become an inconvenience. And most people don't want to have to deal with it because Mm -hmm. we don't like dealing with uncomfortable things. And what you're talking about pain, you're talking about chronic pain, pain that... Yes, it's every day, every night, every evening. There's not a time when I'm not in pain. So listen, you know, this theme of of uh, abiding in Christ. Kind of what are you learning about what it means to abide in Christ when you are facing, when you're young and facing, um, experiencing chronic pain? At first, it didn't really hit me very soon. Mm -hmm. But when I started going into my classes again and going to PE, I couldn't do things that I used Mm -hmm. to do before. I couldn't jump, I couldn't run, I couldn't stretch the way that I needed to. Mm -hmm. I thought I was cursed, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't. It was actually a blessing. You thought you were, what did you say? You thought you were cursed? Yes, I thought I was cursed. All right. I thought I was being punished. But it was Mm -hmm. a blessing in disguise. With this pain, I am able to empathize with others more. I'm able to understand other people more in ways that I've never been able to do before. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to understand those that have a pain that's greater than mine. But because it's both chronic, we can understand and relate to each other and support each other mm-hmm. and help each other grow stronger. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for being like an encouragement to other people. I mean, right? Um, and that's partly why we're sitting, right? Because of the, 
the difficulty yes. in the standing. That's also part of the illness. So as, you, as, we stand, as we're sitting here uh, and, and we look at um, everyone here who may not all understand about this particular pain, what, what, kind of, what kind of encouragement, what kind of summarizes what you've learned about God on the journey? You know, what, what kind of word would you leave with, with people today? Um, well, I have a good Bible verse for that. It's found in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and I'll read it to you. But he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made in perfect weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Amen. Thank you, Claudia. (laughs) God's grace is amazing, isn't it? And we've heard that woven through each of these stories. And what I would imagine is each of your stories is a testament to God's grace, isn't it? And what I love about Claudia's stories and the next two is that we do not have to wait until we get to a certain age to see God's grace, do we? So I've got a couple of younger members. I want you to come, come join me up here. We've got John Kent, who is a junior over at the academy, and Maya Duncombe, who is almost completely finished with the third grade. So... Now, John, one thing I love about John is I said, hey, will you share a testimony? And he said, which one? John, John's got lots of stories, and he's actually the religious vice president for the student association, the, the pastor there for the student association. And he's done fantastic things at the academy, but God is doing fantastic things in his life too. So you had a story you wanted to share with us. Uh, yes, so uh, I work for uh, uh, two people, and I take care of a couple of yards for them. So it, last fall, actually, I was, it was a super busy day, and I was rushing to get to one of my, the houses there on time so I could uh, mow this lawn, right? And so I get there, and uh, this particular person, uh, she has two grandsons, right? And these guys, they're like uh, three and five, right? But they are, like, super mischievous. They're adventurous, and they just, like, love to have fun. That's what they live for. And anyway, so I get there, and um, it ends up they had to go, go somewhere, but I was still there working, and I had to babysit the youngest one while I was working. And I, I'm okay with that, you know. They're, they're pretty cool guys, and they kind of make the work a little bit even more enjoyable. So I had to rake some leaves, and so I started to rake these leaves, Right. And so this little guy, he's like three years old. Uh, his nickname is Dado, right? So I begin to rake these leaves, and he just, like, he's starting to fool around. So he, you know, he backs up, and he runs, and he jumps into the pile. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I got to rake up these leaves again. <laughs> and I, I'm feeling rushed, you know, because I got to mow this lawn. I've got to rake these leaves, and it's getting a bit later. And so I'm like, Dado, you know, I'm trying to pick up these leaves. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And he, he keeps messing around. Anyways, so I get the, that done, and I start to mow the lawn. So I go back up to the house, and it's a push mower, right? And um, he's just trailing behind me, doing whatever he wants to do. And, and so I get there, and I, I push the lever down, and I yank the mower, and it starts, right? And so I begin to mow, and then in a couple of seconds, it, it sputters out. And I'm like, oh, come on, why, why now? And so, you know, I, I, I yank it again, and it sputters, and it, and it stops. And so I'm like, 
this is not what needs to happen right now. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, God, you know, could you help this mower to start? And Dotto's just looking at me like, you know, why? The mower's not starting, John. Like, let's mow the lawn, right? And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's not working. And uh, anyways, so I keep yanking the thing, and it's not doing anything. And then uh, I felt impressed that, like, I should... I should uh, pray with Dotto for the mower, right? Because, like, I'm praying in my mind, like, God, could you, uh, could you uh, help this mower to work? And, and uh, like, it seems natural that we might do that. And anyways, so I alluded to this idea to Dotto. I was like, you know, what if we prayed, right? But I didn't really push it as an absolute necessity. So it, I keep going on with this, and it goes on for about a couple of minutes, maybe 10 or something like that. And by this time, I'm like, I really got to mow this lawn, right? And I have gone, like, nowhere. And then all of a sudden, Dotto, he looks up at me when I, I turn and I look at him. And he's like, John, what if we prayed, right? And I'm like, I slow down. I'm like, you know what, Dotto, you're right. What if we did pray? So I, I remember this moment, and it, it just really touches me because I, I knelt down on the ground next to him. We were on the pavement of the driveway. And he's so sincere. He folds his hands and he closes his eyes tight. And uh, we, we just pray, right? I'm like, God, you know, like me and Dotto are out here right now, and we, we need some help with this mower, so could you help us out, right? And then we stand back up, and he's smiling. He's so excited. And then we go back to the mower, and I, I yank that thing, and it starts, and, it, and it's going, and he's just smiling, and then it stops. <laughs> and, and Dotto's like, what? He gets all bewildered. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry, Dotto. It's going to work. It's going to work. And so we go the second time. And I pull the thing, and it, and it starts, and it sputters, and then it keeps going, and it doesn't shut down. And I'm like, yes, thank you, God, right? And he is just so overwhelmed with joy. He's like, whoa, we prayed, and the mower, it, it turned on. Like, it wasn't working, and now it's working. And he, he's just, like, his mind is blown. And then um, he says these words that, that I'll, I'll never forget. Right? I, at one point in time, he, he exclaimed this in... in all of his, like, overjoyed, he says, man, I didn't know God was so good. God, God is good, isn't he? Now, John, what, what does it mean to you in your life to abide in him? Uh, to, to me, um, what I, what I kind of took away from that, that experience is just that this idea that with all the many things that we have to do, like in our life, um, and, and whatever it is we're going through or, or needing to accomplish, it's just the simple fact that, like, if we just understand that God wants us to be his kids, like, that we're God's children, and just like that little three-year-old boy was like, you know what, what if I talk to my father about this thing, and he'll help me out. And uh, to abide in God is just, just a relic. To, to revel in this fact that God loves us and that no matter what, you know, we can always go to him. Thank you so much. Now, Maya, what, what does God mean to you? God means everything to me. Now, define everything. Um, if I lose him, I don't have anything else. So what are some ways that you see God in your life already? Through my parents and my friends. Your, your parents and your friends. What, what are some ways that you've seen God in your parents? When I expected to get a high grade 
on my test, they cheered me up. So you did not get the grade you're hoping for. I feel like that's something all of us can identify with. <laughs> what, what are some ways you can share God with those around you? If someone's bullying somebody, I can say to the bully, that's not what God would want us to do. Yeah. Now, thank you guys so much for sharing.